We're uh, going to look at uh, a little bit at uh, the subject of discipleship uh, from Acts chapter 11, and uh, the text is Acts 11, 19 through 26, and uh, this is the occasion where uh, Barnabas is uh, sent up to Jerusalem uh, to Antioch, and uh, then uh, uh, finding uh, things uh, going along quite well there in Antioch, he uh, goes off uh, to Tarsus to get uh, Saul, uh, whom we know as uh, the Apostle Paul, and uh, they teach in the church then at Antioch. So Acts chapter 11, uh, verses 19 through 26. Uh, So then, those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except to Jews alone. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Then, when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Spirit, and of faith, and considerable numbers were brought to the Lord. And he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch, and for an entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that uh, you call us uh, to be your followers, to be your disciples. And uh, we thank you that uh, this whole matter of discipleship involves your church, uh, an institution that you've been pleased by your grace to plant in uh, this world. And we thank you that we are part of uh, your church. And uh, because this is the case, Uh, We are caught up in this uh, program of yours, uh, this plan and purpose of yours to disciple the nations. And uh, we ask that uh, you might enlighten our eyes and give us better understanding with regard to uh, the task that you have been pleased to give us and uh, this uh, matter of uh, the work of the church along uh, this line. So bless us and uh, give us grace Uh, In our understanding, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord, amen. Uh, Several years ago, there was a a one-frame cartoon in uh, Christianity Today, and uh, it it was very simple. It was just just a a stake in the ground uh, with a board uh, uh, nailed to the stake uh, for a sign... And uh, on the sign, 
there were two words, to observe. Uh, those are the two words, to observe. And uh, the caption uh, to the uh, little cartoon was, uh, the most neglected words in the Great Commission. So you have to think that through a little bit. Uh, we're called to make disciples of all the nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. And uh, the idea of, of the little uh, cartoon was that we kind of gloss over the to observe part and, and just get to teaching them all that I have commanded you, and uh, neglect the observe part. The uh, interesting and striking thing about this is that uh, another way that you can understand discipleship is uh, uh, with the word apprentice. Uh, an apprentice is someone who uh, takes on a task and works under a master and engages in on-the-job training. And uh, th this is what discipleship is. It's not just uh, pumping a bunch of information into our heads from the Bible, but it's on-the-job training under our master, the Lord Jesus Christ. And... Uh, this is, this discipleship is a work of the church. And uh, this is what I want you to uh, see uh, this evening as we uh, look into Acts chapter 11 and verses 19 and following. Uh, that this discipleship is a work of the church and you and I are called into uh, this uh, apprenticeship program, if you will, and uh, to be uh, uh, trained on the job day by day as disciples of Jesus Christ. So, uh, let's get into this text a little bit and see uh, how we get uh, to this uh, point. Uh, verse 19, uh, just, just going to go through the text. Uh, so then, those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in connection with Stephen, made their way to Phoenician, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews alone. Uh, after uh, Stephen was hauled before the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter uh, 7, uh, there arose a uh, persecution, and it, it was uh, against the church generally in Jerusalem, and uh, so uh, believers were scattered uh, to into Samaria and then uh, to other areas, and uh, believers, uh, as this text says, were were uh, uh, scattered to Phoenicia, uh, which is modern day Lebanon, along uh, the the uh, eastern coast of the Mediterranean, and to Cyprus, uh, the island of Cyprus, in the north uh, east of uh, the Mediterranean Sea, and to Antioch. Uh, which uh, uh, lies today in uh, the area of Turkey, the uh, 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 geographical area of Turkey, and it's about uh, 300 miles north uh, of Jerusalem. Uh, in the day of uh, uh, the disciples, it would have taken about 15 days to travel from Jerusalem to uh, Antioch, those uh, 15 or the, those 300 miles, about 20 
miles a day walking, walking. Good, a good hike. And interestingly enough, you notice in verse 19, those who were scattered were speaking the word to no one except Jews alone. There was a little bit of prejudice uh, in their hearts. Uh, uh, striking, is it not? Uh, they wouldn't talk to Gentiles. Uh, those Gentiles, those are the people who live on the other side of the tracks. We're not going there. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to talk to the more dignified people, uh, the Jews alone. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you and I, uh, too often have uh, these kinds of prejudices that uh, we uh, steer away from uh, uh, people who are not of our own socioeconomic uh, status and group. We're not uh, ready to speak to others. And uh, so we have to check our hearts uh, along uh, this line. But here's what happens now in the text. Verse 20, But there were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene who came to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the, the, the first wave of uh, uh, folks that had been converted and uh, uh, from the persecution uh, went to Cyprus and uh, went to North Africa, Cyrene in uh, North Africa, uh, 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 preached the gospel to Jews only. And then uh, those whom they saw converted came back to Antioch the second wave of converts. And they didn't have the same prejudices of uh, the first wave of uh, converts. They, they talked to Greeks also, uh, preaching the Lord Jesus. And uh, verse 21, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. And so now uh, you have a large number of converts uh, in uh, the city of Antioch, uh, as I say, 300 miles north of Jerusalem. And uh, the news now trickles down uh, to Jerusalem. Uh, verse 22, uh, the news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent uh, Barnabas off to Antioch. we got to check this out and see what's happening up there uh, in Antioch. We're hearing good things, and so uh, they sent... Send Barnabas off to Antioch in verse 23, when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, praise be unto God, these converts, people coming to Jesus Christ and believing in Jesus Christ. When he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. So Barnabas gets up there. He's the son of encouragement. He's giving encouragement to these converts. Remain steadfast to the Lord. Stick to your confession of faith. Live for Jesus Christ, etc., etc. But now Barnabas is overwhelmed. There's a lot of work to do. Uh, and uh, verse 24 tells us a little bit about uh, Barnabas and, and uh, why he did uh, the good work that he did. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and considerable numbers were uh, brought to the Lord. More, were, more individuals are, are brought to Christ. More converts. So, this is a beautiful thing. Uh, out on the mission field, as it were. And... Uh, uh, the, 
work of uh, believers talking to other believers produces more converts, more believers, and uh, Barnabas' encouragement of uh, these believers produces uh, further uh, believers uh, in the city of Antioch. Would that we'd have that kind of a revival in Indianapolis. This would be a tremendous thing, wouldn't it? Uh, to be overwhelmed with the number of converts uh, that uh, we uh, would see. Uh, uh, pray that God would pour out His Holy Spirit uh, in Indianapolis and in other places and bring about this kind of awakening and revival uh, that we would see massive uh, conversions uh, taking place. Not just a dribble here and a dribble there and a dribble there, but uh, many people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, verse 25 says, uh, he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. Uh, apparently he needs help. And uh, in, in such circumstances, you, you could understand it. Raising my hand, help Lord, uh, bring uh, someone else uh, to uh, work in this uh, circumstance and work in uh, this situation. And uh, he left for Tarsus to look for Saul. Apparently he uh, finds him. And, uh, and verse 26 says, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And uh, so the two of them now are laboring together in Antioch to uh, minister to and to teach uh, these converts. And uh, the uh, verse goes on to say, and for an entire year they met with the church. Now, notice what's happening here. There's a shift in the text. There's a shift in what's taking place. Uh, there's a shift in uh, the circumstances. Uh, uh, not too subtle, I hope. First of all, a, a mass of converts... But now all of a sudden, it's not uh, just a considerable number came uh, to know the Lord, but now uh, Dr. Luke in Acts 11.26 speaks here of the church. Uh, what's, what's happening? The Great Commission is being carried out. Uh, think about it again now. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And how do you make disciples? Uh, Jesus says in two ways you make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe or to do all that I have commanded you. So the first thing is baptizing them. Baptizing them. Let's look at the text again. And for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples... You see what Dr. Luke says? Now we have not just converts, but we have disciples. And what this means is that these converts were brought into the visible body of an organized congregation. There was a church planting effort that went on in Antioch. A church was planted there, 
And uh, individuals were brought into the membership of this church by way of baptism. This was a carrying out of the Great Commission. Baptism, you see, is an ordinance of the church. It's the doorway into the visible church. It just doesn't hang out there. Uh, this ordinance uh, that we call baptism just doesn't hang out there uh, kind of in a vacuum. It has to do with the visible body of the church. And when individuals by confession of faith are brought into the membership of this congregation as uh, they are in uh, all other congregations, it's by way of baptism. And uh, this is what happens uh, to us, you see. And uh, discipleship begins with baptism. And then uh, the Great Commission says, teaching them to observe or to do all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. And of course, uh, the uh, idea of uh, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you means everything in the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. This is, a, this is a lot. This is a lot of information uh, to uh, impart and to teach. And it's not just teaching the information, but teaching individuals how to walk in that information and how to carry out that information and how to do the things that are spoken by Jesus Christ. You see, we're talking about an apprenticeship, on-the-job training. And all of us, myself included, I am included in this and you are included in this, we are all in the midst of a discipleship program created by God, which is church-centered, which is associated with the visible church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's quite a striking thing that this should be the case. So with this in mind, look at Acts 11.26 again. And when he found him, that is Paul, he brought him to Antioch, and for the entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers, and the disciples... See, now we, uh, we don't have just a, a loose uh, group of converts, but now we have disciples. Now we have individuals who are uh, engaged in on-the-job training as Christians. And uh, the next little uh, piece of the text is significant in Acts 11.26. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. What is a Christian? According to this text, a Christian is not just a convert that's out there wandering around and says, well, I made, I made a confession. I, I, I went to a, uh, a church meeting and they had an evangelist there, and I made a confession of faith, and now I'm back out doing my thing in the world, and I'm a convert. Okay. But it's not just the convert that's called a Christian. It's a disciple that's called a Christian. An individual who is 
is vitally connected to the visible church of the Lord Jesus Christ and is sitting under the teaching of others to learn to do the things that Jesus Christ has taught in the Bible. Those are people that are called Christians. That uh, individuals who are actively pursuing the life of Jesus Christ by uh, doing the things that Jesus commands. These are the individuals that are recognized as Christians. Uh, Our prayer, uh, dear friends in Jesus Christ, our prayer should be that our congregation should be seen uh, by the uh, folks in our city as Christians. And uh, we should be seen as Christians because we are recognized as people who actively live out the Christian faith and strive to observe and to do all the things that Jesus Christ has commanded. It's one thing to pack our brains week by week full of uh, the things of the Bible and memorize the uh, uh, various Scriptures. It's one thing uh, to do that. It's another thing, is it not, to live by that truth in all that we do. And this is what uh, we are being encouraged to do uh, in the Scriptures. And so, uh, this is my exhortation uh, to you uh, tonight. Uh, To not just simply uh, think of yourselves as uh, members of Second Reformed Presbyterian Church in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, uh, That's good. So far, so good. Uh, as I say, so far so good, but to consider yourselves disciples of Jesus Christ, individuals who are engaged in on-the-job training in Christianity, so that uh, wherever you go and uh, whatever work you are engaged in, in the end you are recognized as being different than other people in this city because you are a disciple of Jesus Christ and people will say to you, there is a Christian. There is a Christian. Uh, Isn't that the will of God for you and for me? And it's very striking, it seems to me, that as... Uh, you and I look at this text and understand uh, this idea of church and uh, discipleship in uh, verse 26. The idea of baptism is in the background. It's not in the foreground. It's in the background because... What we're finding there is an implementation of the Great Commission of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the sacraments 
the sacraments are part of that which you and I are called to observe and do. Part of what Jesus Christ has commanded you and I to observe and to do. And that's one reason, you see, why we are gathered together this evening for the purpose of observing, see, here, there's that word now, see, of observing the Lord's Supper see, to do in part what Jesus Christ has commanded. And this is, as we understand it properly, a means of grace where God is pleased to work in and through the sacrament to give you strength and resolve to observe other things in your life which you need to observe to be the disciple of Jesus Christ that He has called you to be. And so I say to you, properly understanding this text means that discipleship is on-the-job training and it's church-centered. And here we are. Here we are. We are Christ's disciples. And our purpose is not to just pack our heads full of Bible facts, but to understand that word of truth and to live by it and to observe it. May God be pleased to give us all grace to do so.